Section two of the Adventures of Odysseus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. The Adventures of Odysseus and the Tale of Troy by Parik Colum. Part one. Chapter three. When Telemachus went back to the hall, those who were feasting there had put the wine-cups from them, and were calling out for Phemius the minstrel, to come and sing some tale to delight them. And as he went amongst them, one of the wooers said to another, "'The guest who was with him has told Telemachus something that has changed his bearing. Never before did I see him hold himself so proudly. Mayhap he has spoken to him of the return of his father, the renowned Odysseus.' Phemius came, and the wooers called upon him to sing them a tale. And the minstrel, in flowing verse, began the tale of the return of the kings and princes from Troy, and of how some god or goddess put a trouble upon them as they left the city they had taken. And as the minstrel began the tale, Penelope, Telemachus's lady mother, was coming down the stairs with two handmaids beside her. She heard the words he sang, and she stood still in her grief and drew her veil across her face. O oh, Phemius, she cried, cease from that story that ever wastes my heart, the story that has brought me sorrow, and that leaves me comfortless all my days. O oh, Phemius, do you not know other tales of men and gods that you might sing in this hall for the delight of my noble wooers? The minstrel would have ceased when Penelope spoke thus to him, but Telemachus went to the stairway where his lady mother stood, and addressed her. My lady mother, said he, why should you not let the minstrel delight the company with such songs as the spirit moves him to give us? It is no blame to him if he sings of that which is sorrowful to us. As for you, my mother, you must learn to endure that story, for long will it be sung and far and wide, and you are not the only one who is bereaved. Many another man besides Odysseus lost the happy day of his homecoming in the war of Troy. Penelope, his lady mother, looked in surprise at the youth who spoke to her so wisely. Was this indeed Telemachus, who before had hardly lifted his head? And as she looked at him again, she saw that he carried his head, that head of his that was so like Odysseus's, high and proudly. She saw that her son was now indeed a man. Penelope spoke no word to him, for a new thought had come into her mind. She turned round on the stairs and went back with her handmaids to the chamber where her loom and her distaff were, and as she went up the stairway and away from them, her wooers muttered one to the other that she would soon have to choose one of them for her husband. Telemachus turned to those who were standing at the tables and addressed them. "'Wooers of my mother,' he said, "'I have a word to say to you.' "'By the gods, youth,' said one of the wooers, you must tell us first who he is that has made you so high and proud of speech. Surely, said another, he who has done that is the stranger who was with him. Who is he? Why did he come here, and of what land has he declared himself to be? Why did he not stay, so that we might look at him and speak to him? said another of the wooers. These are the words I would say to you. Let us feast now in peace, without any brawling amongst us, and listen to the tale that the minstrel sings to us," said Telemachus. But to-morrow let us have a council made up of the chief men of this land of Ithaca. I shall go to the council and speak there. I shall ask that you leave this house of mine, and feast on goods that you yourselves have gathered. 
Let the chief men judge whether I speak in fairness to you or not. If you do not heed what I will say openly at the council, before all the chief men of our land, then let it be on your own heads what will befall you." All the wooers marvelled that Telemachus spoke so boldly. And one said, "'Because his father Odysseus was king, this youth thinks he should be king by inheritance. But may Zeus the god never grant that he be king.' Then said Telemachus, "'If the god Zeus grant that I be king, I am ready to take up the kingship of the land of Ithaca, with all its toils and all its dangers.' And when Telemachus said that, he looked like a young king indeed. But they sat in peace, and listened to what the minstrel sang. And when evening came, the wooers left the hall and went each to his own house. Telemachus rose and went to his chamber. Before him there went an ancient woman who had nursed him as a child. Eurycleia was her name. She carried burning torches to light his way. And when they were in his chamber, Telemachus took off his soft doublet and put it in Eurycleia's hands, and she smoothed it out and hung it on the pin at his bedside. Then she went out and she closed the door behind with its handle of silver, and she pulled the thong that bolted the door on the other side. And all night long Telemachus lay wrapped in his fleece of wool, and thought on what he would say at the council the next day, and on the goddess Athena, and what she had put into his heart to do, and on the journey that was before him to Nestor in Pylos, and to Menelaus and Helen in Sparta. End of section 2